Well, isn't it uh, amazing how we love to say things like Happy Christmas and Happy New Year? Like, we all do it to one another, don't we, all the time? And I think some of it is because we secretly hope that actually wishing it and saying it over someone will make a difference. Otherwise, why would we keep doing it? Um, other than it's just kind of a silly thing to do. And I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, at some point, I'm going to do a teaching on this. I just felt that before I get into the main thing for this morning, we just spoke something over our city. <clears throat> and I actually believe that when you speak things, it changes stuff. And you can actually speak things into being because... Because you're made in the image of God, and that's how he operates. Um, So he spoke everything into being out of nothing. So all material worlds came out of the word that God spoke and said. Yeah? Yeah. And then it's fascinating through the Bible. I mean, God was speaking to to me through Christmas time, just how often I read the passage where Balak, the king, is trying to get... He's trying to bribe Balaam to curse the people of Israel. He's actually trying to pay money to a guy he knows has the power to speak a curse over people, and it actually works. He's worked out that the armies of Israel are more than his armies, and he's worked out the only way he can win them is if some curse falls on the army of Israel. So he tries to hire a guy to declare a curse over them in order to somehow debilitate their, their army so that he can win. This guy absolutely believes in the power of anointed declaration. And the trouble is that Balaam just can't only say what the Lord tells him to say, so he just ends up blessing Israel, not cursing them. And, and, and all through the Bible, you've got these moments of, of declared blessing, faith in declared blessing. So you get it in numbers. You've got the, the declaration of the, of the, I think it's the Levites over the, and sometimes it's said in churches, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you. The Lord give you peace. That's, that's the blessing. That's believing that those who stand in a place of priesthood can bless a congregation and what they speak becomes a reality. And, uh, and we do this, and actually we're seeing what we sing and we speak become a reality in our city. You know, we, we've had the amazing testimony of knife crime dropping and, and, and the vision of that happening in our worship. And things that happen because you said something and because you worshipped and you hosted his presence. So I, I just want to, I don't want to just wish you a happy new year. This is kind of building up to... I want to declare some good things over you, and I'd like you to do it for one another just for a moment. Is that, is that okay? So uh, this year is going to be a year of breakthrough for you. Whatever you need, you may have been bumping up against some issues in your life for 20 years, five years, or three weeks. This year is a year for breakthrough for you. This year is a year where disappointment and hopelessness is removed from your life and bright hope and expectation moves in. And this is a year where you occupy new territory. There will be a measure of struggle because to occupy new territory, you need to evict the current owners. 
But that doesn't mean you're going to fail. The resistance doesn't mean it isn't the will of God. The new level that is there for you is going to happen as you persist. So I'm believing for you health and healing. I'm believing for a new year of blessing and favor, of breakthrough, of provision, of all kinds in it always over your life in Jesus' name. So would you join with me and say something good over someone next to you? Just take a, a minute to do that. For this year, just declare something really good over them. The best thing you could think of. I wanted to do a little, um, a quick, quick review of 2015 with you guys. Sounds like you're all getting blessed, which is good. God, God just spoke his heart over many of you. It's going to come to pass because something from him got released into your life. That wasn't there before. I just want to spend a few minutes just reminding ourselves or, or looking back at the favor of God on us as a community in 2015. Um, I think it's good to just just take a few moments to to look at what what He's done because it prepares you for what He's going to do. Um, and uh, and then I'm going to talk to you about why I'm alive. Really, I just. What, what, I thought you might want to know why, why I'm here. Um, I've just got two, three verses that have been like life-shaping for me. I'm just going to chat you through them. And, uh, but let's just, let's just look at last year just for a moment together. I think one of, one of the standout things for me is, is just the growth in numbers. Now, <clears throat> we don't do a whole lot of crazy counting, but every now and again we have to count. I mean, so it's probably... 18 months since we did our last kind of count. But we need to count for things like how many classrooms do we need for children and how many chairs do we need. And actually, we're running out of chairs in this room. The reality is now we've counted how many of you there are and how many of them there are. There's like, oh my goodness, this building that we do keep looking for, honestly, really needs to come (coughs) very, very soon. So in the last probably year to 18 months, it's hard to put a total time, call it 18 months, We've, we've added over 50 people to, to Hope Church. That's net growth. So what I mean by that is that we've, also, we've added more people than that because we've sent people like on their way to other things and other, like the well foresters have gone, which is other good news. Then our first missionaries. We've sent our first missionaries last year, uh, the well foresters on their way and their whole family. So, but we've added a whole bunch of people. And if you look at, our kind of growth over the last five years, we've grown by 20%. If you annualize our growth, it's 20% a year for the last five years. That's Just pretty incredible. Just something to be excited about. Um, and growth is never kind of just like this. It sort of tends to bump along. That's why I said we've annualized it. Uh, and that tells us a lot about what God's doing with us. But also, some of the things we're going to be sharing with you in, in February are, are the fruit of that. Actually, God's speaking about increase. He's not just speaking about He's doing increase with us. And to increase well so that we keep reproducing what we have well, we want to, we want to do a good job of that. And it's asking new things of us as leadership and all that kind of stuff. But it is amazingly good news. It's really cool. Um, 
I had my list here. The, and the other thing that happened last year was we saw a whole bunch of people come to faith in Jesus, which is always good news. Um, we had, not, not quite up there with Leif Hetland, but we, there was actually two, maybe three people came back to faith at the end of the carol service. And if you remember, Phil spoke, and then I think there were people returning to faith rather than, you know, first time. But probably over the years, we tried to keep track of this, we've had over 20 people come to faith through what's happened on a Sunday morning, stuff on the streets and stuff like that. It's been a really exciting year for us on that front. And uh, <laughs> so we're growing by all means. Children, just special mention to the, the children's ministry because that is growing by all means. And is, is about 75 kids now. So, so that just to put some numbers on this, the Hope family... This, this is common now around, around the UK, the way that life is. Two, there's only ever two-thirds of you that count hope as home. There's only ever two-thirds of you in the room in any one week. And that would be true in churches across the UK generally. So if you have 100 people in the room, that means there's 150 people in the family. Yeah. So you rarely see everybody at once. Um, and that actually makes, the bigger we get, that gets more confusing for you guys because those of you who've been here longer are used to kind of roughly knowing who all the faces are. But if one third of the people aren't there every week and that third's different every week, it's kind of like, well, I thought you were a visitor and you talked to them and they've been here for the last three months. Yeah. That kind of thing happens and we need to you know, be happy with one another about that. So we think we're a community, including all those wonderful kids in the region of 260, 270 people. It's a lot of people, and, and growing. There's moment, it's not like, oh, we grew. It, it's growing. Uh, new folks are showing up and connecting to us all the time, which is very, very exciting. Well done, Hope Church. <laughs> because it has to be you, because 2015 was a year where we had uh, Jan Treadgold was off ill for three months, uh, so that was one of our, our part-time staff members out of action for a chunk of the year. Uh, Teresa, who's another part-time staff member, had a three-month sabbatical. We also had Beth, who did a great job with that admin, go on maternity leave, and we had to switch our whole admin through and bring on Sarah, and she's had to come up to speed. So from a staff point of view, it can't be our fault that we grew. <laughs> yeah, if you just look at it like that, it really shouldn't have happened, but actually it's because there's a healthy church that's growing there's a great atmosphere. You guys are doing so well. And, and there's just momentum and love. And people can connect to what's going on. So yeah. just look at yourselves and say, we did, a, we did great last year. That, that should require more enthusiasm than it got. Just look at somebody and say how well they did. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I used to write down all the healings and miracles that we saw, and I've stopped doing that. And actually, we could do with a we could do with a healing miracle recorder, actually, because I actually can't remember. And and uh, there's many, many, many miracles this year. Uh, uh, many healings have happened here, but also when we went out on the spin out on the streets through the school, through the Light and Life event we did. Uh, it, it, through missions trips that we've taken, 
We have seen, I, I just lost count, scores of people healed. All kinds of things healed. Hearing, eyesight. I mean, the standout one in my head is the guy who'd slashed his hand and, and he got prayed for when we did the Love Glasgow event and he had 11 years of no hand movement because he'd cut his hand with a carving knife and all his movement and feeling returned on the street in St. Enoch's. And this is like, you're getting stories every week here of somebody who prayed for someone and they got healed. You just heard it with Simon praying over Christmas and on and on and on. There's, there's a, there's a, this has been happening. This is not a fad now. This, has been, this is six years of this, guys. It's not going to go away unless you want it to. All right? It's a, and... And, and I actually believe uh, it's time that our expectation grew for the more. Uh, and actually in this room we see in, in, an increase in the incurable diseases healed and yeah. stuff like that going on. So, but isn't that good? Let's just, just celebrate. We've seen scores and scores of healings and miracles in, in 2015. Thank you, God. Yeah. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, there's just there's tons of things. We, uh, our influence and our equipping of others beyond our own boundaries, and we shared a lot of that with you in the last communication evening. It's literally in hundreds and hundreds of people and scores of other churches. And there's literally church leaders come come up to me say, "We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our connection to you. We were we were in such a difficult spot, and now we, we've come alive." And uh, you, you know, just—it's amazing, isn't it? It's the goodness of God and the, and the favor of God on us to strengthen and encourage others, whether they're in Paris, you know, we're going to the nations, or down the road in Sterling, or or, or whatever. It's 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 really cool. And we also have the joy of our connection with the River family, who a bunch of them are sitting in here today. So there, we want to welcome them, and really there. They're, they're joined in to our family and we're part of theirs and we're going to be seeing more of them around the place. So it's so good to have you with us this morning, Barbara and Colin and their kids and the family. And that, that, that's more people, it's great. So we're, and they're a fantastic bunch of people and Teresa and I and a few others of us have been just with them probably monthly for a couple of years now and they're really connected to us and we're going to be seeing more of them here as part of Hope, Hope Family. So... That's good news. And and well done to them. Just the whole process of gathering like that is is, is a great, great breakthrough and a great thing for Troon. Um, Okay. Are are you happy yet? Good. Okay, why am I here? This is the eternal question. (laughs) Maybe you're looking at me going, yeah, why is he here? (laughs) Um. I just wanted to, well, I think I'm here because of these reasons. That there's, there's three kind of things, three verses that, maybe, maybe this is a New Year thing where you think, what am I, what am I on the planet for? And, and God, it's kind of intuitive. I'm sure that God doesn't have a New Year. Do, do you know what I mean? Because in him, in him, everything is new and now and all of history and all of the future is all all in the moment in him. So the new year thing doesn't work for him, but he understands us, okay? He understands the cycle of life that, that we live. We live in space and time, and new year is a moment sometimes where we go, what the heck is this all about? So, so this, is, this is my answer for me on that. 
And <laughs> what am I living for? There's just a number of verses. Some of these go back almost centuries. I'm that old now. <laughs> well, decades anyway, all right. God spoke to me about his glory filling the earth. About his glory, that it was not something to hope for in the sweet by and by, that I was born to be in a generation of people that would see the glory of God fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So the, the verse, of one of many, Habakkuk 2.14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And connected to that is Ephesians 5, which talks about the church, that Jesus' aim was to present to himself a radiant church without spot or wrinkle. And, and I believe those two things go together. The glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea, or the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is connected to the church becoming more and more glorious in the earth. And, and so I, I have been persuaded forever that, the, that it's not the aim of God to rescue the church from a dying world. It's the aim of God to rescue a dying world through a glorious church. And, and any kind of theological or uh, eschatological view that paints a gloomy picture for the church is really a denial of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I want to say it as hard as that. He rose again. He defeated all principalities and powers. He sits now enthroned forever, and he's made all things, has put all things under his feet. For the church, it says in Ephesians 1. So this... This is not just a teaching. This has affected my whole life. I believe the earth will see the glory of God and it will be primarily happening through a glorious church that is restored to all that God said it would be. Now, glory can look like many, many things. So glory can be, and I believe we're going to see more of, the literal glory, like the glory cloud. Do you remember a cloud descended on the, on, on the, uh, on the mountain where, where Jesus was was, was there with Peter, James, and John, and, 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 and there's this shiny cloud. There's the glory of God can show up like that. The word glory in the Old Testament, kabod, literally means weight, and you, sometimes you can feel that in our meetings. There's a weight of glory. Even if you can't see it, there's, there's, a, there's a heaviness, and I don't mean that in a gloomy way. I mean it's just the weight of his presence. But also the glory of God is seen in character. It's seen in displays of miracles. Jesus first miracle displayed his glory. So the glory of the Lord is going to be filling the earth through you, through your character, through miracles, through, through the presence of God on your life that others feel that weight, that change, that atmosphere shift. So many ways the glory is going to be seen. And one of the main ways it's going to be seen is by the nature of the church being so alive and so full of wisdom and so connected that the nations around us start to inquire of us, how do you do it? So that requires that we grow in our level of stewardship. We know how to manage finance well. We know how to do relationships well. We know how to do leadership well. We know how to do community well. We also know how to influence our community as servants and not trying to be bosses and rulers over everything. And actually, the, the influence of the glorious church is on the increase. And I can't spend time telling you how that all happened, but that's written on the inside of me. It just keeps coming out of me. That's what I'm here for. You can join in. It's a good reason to be alive. 
Another thing that, that God put in me was this desire to walk with him like Enoch did. I don't know if you, you come across, there's just a few short verses about Enoch in Genesis. And it basically says this wonderful phrase that he walked with God and he was not. Now some of you may think that's quite scary, I think that's quite exciting. He walked with God, he was not. Hebrews expands on it, it says, By faith Enoch was taken from life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. (laughs) And it goes on to say, For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So here's Enoch walking along one day, uh, having a chat with the Almighty, and suddenly he's not there. God is so... It says that he pleased God by his in his relationship, in his intimacy with Heavenly Father, it, it feels like there was such pleasure in this relationship that one day God said, well, you're, not going, you're coming home with me. I, I, that has enthralled me my whole life. Just what would that look like and how could I press into that and how could I have a relationship with God that would be so alive? How about you? I'm alive because ultimately I don't want to be alive. If you see what I mean. I want to be taken from this. I've read the stories of the people that they kind of don't really die. They just disappear. Or they just know their time has come and then their body's still there but they've gone. They don't have death because of sickness. They don't have death because, you know, the grim reaper. They just have death because... Of relationship with Father. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going for that. I want to walk with Father. Yeah. And one day I'm not here. And if, if that happens, you know where I am, guys. <laughs> so funny, there's people in the Bible that they never found their bodies. Yeah, Moses was the same. They never found his remains. Yeah. Elijah was taken... So this, this is a biblical theme of walking with God in such a way that you're just taken up to be with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm just enthralled with the idea of being that close with God in life that suddenly this life merges into the next and you don't kind of bat an eyelid from one to the other. I actually think that's what Paul's talking about in, in Philippians 3 where he talks about pressing on until he attains. He actually says, I'm pressing on until I attain the resurrection. And I'm like, what do you mean, Paul? I wonder if he's just so hungry for the presence of God and, and, and to enjoy God that he just wants to get there before he has to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? That, that actually, yes, there is a time where we'll all be in his presence. You know, it is appointed for man to die once. Everybody's going to die. But actually, that we kind of, we, we, we transcend all of that. To experience his full resurrection. That, 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 that does something to me on the inside. Uh, I'm still going for it. And I'm still here, so I obviously haven't got there yet. Yeah. H- how about you? Do you want to join? That's a good reason to be alive, is to have that kind of intimacy yeah. that, that you have a different kind of death. Yeah. 
Someone said to us, we, we're in the season of aging parents, uh, and actually some of them e- even you know, dying. And this phrase about you, you die as you live. There is really something about that yeah. that, that we're starting to see. And, and I just want to live in such a way that it's a glorious end. How are you doing? Walking with God till you are not. And it, it says that he pleased God, and it, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's, that's basic, isn't it? You can't have a relationship with God unless you believe he exists. But the next phrase is really important, that we need to believe that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. And that is something that sometimes we find difficult because we kind of don't get this... We, we don't feel we deserve anything from God. Now, hopefully, if you've been around here a long time, you'll have heard all that we've talked about, who we are and our identity as sons, and that we've come into an inheritance all on the merits of, of the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But actually, faith is in its very heart isn't just the belief that God lives, but actually God wants to reward you in this life. This is, this is part of the ingredient of faith that Enoch pumped in Enoch's veins. It was not just that he believed in God and he talked to God, but he believed that as he sought God, God would reward him. Yes. I find that exciting. So as we, this morning, we're declaring and believing for breakthroughs and provisions and all that we, we declare and we, and we go for, that, that's part of our faith in our Heavenly Father, is we we believe He rewards our seeking and our asking. That's an element of faith. He actually wants to reward you with the things you're seeking Him for. He's not afraid to bless you. He's not afraid of what it will do to you. He actually does want to bless you more than you've already been blessed. He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. It's good news. And it kind of connects in, with John 15 in my head. So here's another reason to be alive, or, or part of the same reason. Jesus said, you're my friends. It's the same thing. I want to be his friend. Don't, don't you want to be his friend? I believe in every believer, you can't get away from this desire to want to do the will of God and be close to God. It's the fruit of being born again. It's in you. It can get clogged up, but it can get a bit misunderstood at times. But actually inside of you, there's an ache for friendship with God and to do what he wants you to do. And th- this wonderful scripture in John says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I've called you friends everything that I've learned from my father I've made known to you and I'm like wow how how does this work we've emphasized a lot that we are the friends of God that we are the sons and daughters of God we are we are sons and daughters of the same kind it's not Jesus and us we're actually in the family we're wrapped up in family trinity we have an awesome status as the children of God it's absolutely mind-blowing and wonderful and yet in the building of a relationship, so okay, he's given us a relationship, but you have to build a relationship. So 
when you get married, you have a relationship, but it still takes you time the rest of your life to actually build that relationship. You're getting to know one another, one another's ways, etc. All right, so you have a relationship, it's established, but you still have to build it. And this is talking about how do we build that relationship. And what the key thing is saying is that you do, you're obedient. You build a relationship out of obedience. And, and, and I've often been puzzled by that because it sounds like the, we can hear that as you earn friendship with God. Sometimes we process that in a way that says, well, we just have to be obedient enough to get this friendship thing. And it, depending what our background is, sometimes we feel like we're never doing enough. To, we've never been obedient enough. We've never done enough to get that point of friendship. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he's always just that little bit further away. That intimacy is always for people who are better than us, who have done more than us, who are more, I'm not really obedient enough to get this friendship thing down. I don't think it's really saying that. I think it's saying that every step towards him of obedience, it so loves that he rewards it with friendship. So you don't, it's not like, when I've, made enough, when I've climbed the mountain, at the top, I've got friendship with God. Now, it's every step that you make towards him, he makes 20 towards you. It's like the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah, as he turns his face to the father, the father is all over him. Are you understanding me? So every, just in the worship this morning, I'm, I'm there worshipping Jesus and it's just so good to be with God's people, isn't it? And you've been, I've been enjoying the turkey and family and all the rest of it. And I'm like, oh, this is so good, God. And he's like, yeah, I loved all those times you spent with me over Christmas holidays. I'm like, really? I'm like, if I'm perfectly honest, I can't remember many of them. <laughs> maybe you're like me, maybe you're more spiritual than me. I'm going like this. He said, yeah, no, you turned your heart to me then and you prayed that prayer then and you're reading then and I was speaking to you then and I loved it that you did that. I'm like, wow. Wow, yeah, I was really spiritual over Christmas. This is, but do you see what I mean? Every step that we take, every movement of our heart towards him, every step of obedience connects us to friendship. And then I'm, I've carried this question, why, why does it need a bin? Because the other thing it does is it brings this thought to us of conditionality. Yes. It, that, that God's affection for us is conditional on obedience. And I actually believe that's not the way it is. He actually has affection for us. And out of that knowledge of who he is and what he's like, it produces obedience from us. But there's a level of friendship that can only come when you obey. Yeah. And so I'm going, okay, God, what does this mean? What? He said, well, if you only live in your will, you'll never discover mine. Yeah. If you only live in what you think you should do, you'll never discover the riches of my inheritance. Because you'll never live outside your ability and tap into my ability. If you only live inside what you think is possible, what you think ought to happen, what is in your understanding feasible, if you only ever live inside of of connecting to your needs and meeting your needs, you'll never know what it's like to experiencing me meeting your needs. 
If you never step outside of what you can do into what only I can do, you'll never experience me doing what only I can do. And that's friendship with God. He wants to show you everything he's got. Do you understand what I'm saying? Disobedience isn't some conditional, well, I'll only be your friend if you do what I say. Huh? Which is sometimes how we read it. Well, you know, God's not going to be my friend this week because, you know, I've been disobedient, so, you know, God's in a grunt with me and he's never going to be my friend. No, it's not saying that. It's saying that actually he's inviting you into deeper friendship, a deeper experience of who he is by stepping out of your limitations. By doing his will, you step into his no limitations. So you know him in a way that you'll never know him if you just do it within your own realm of understanding and ability. I thought that was a pretty good point for post-Christmas. That's <clears throat> so his desire is to draw us all into a realm of intimacy and friendship with him where he is revealing to us his plans, not just for you, but for your families, for nations, for cities, for businesses. Because it's saying here that what God does is with his friends, he shows them his heart. He shows them his plans. He doesn't keep secret from them the things that he wants to do or he's about to do. Yeah? So we're in a place now of connection with our Heavenly Father where his desire is to show us stuff for the nations. So it's perfectly possible in worship, in your time with him, walking along, just thinking about Jesus, that suddenly you get a download that you think, well, this isn't a... Maybe you expected to see an angel, but actually you see a solution to a business problem. That's him sharing his heart with you. I thought that was a good point too. Okay, last reason I'm here. So the first one was... Sees glory fill the earth through a glorious church. The second one is to walk intimately with him to the point of where I'm not going home, he's taking me home. (laughs) (laughs) And the third one is Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is kind of connected to the, the last point. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now all the things are all the things we need like shelter and clothing and food. That's in the list before it in Matthew 6. So actually the things that he says the Gentiles seek and spend their energy and money seeking after is not what is meant that's not where the focus of our heart is meant to be actually we are to focus our pursuit on the kingdom of God we focus on that as our priority of every decision in life is what is seeking the kingdom look like in this situation regardless of what do meeting all those other needs look like I want to give you this has affected my life and our life deeply over the years. So when I was uh, going way back, when I was leaving university as a student, God has spoken this verse to me 
Uh, I had a job offer from a good company, uh, a proper graduate job, but it meant staying in the current spiritual situation that I was in, uh, and it wasn't very charismatic, it wasn't very lively, it wasn't going where I know God had called me to go. So he spoke to me about going to this church in the northwest of England. So I was in the Midlands, at Loughborough University, he spoke to me about going to this church in Chester. And I knew the pastor, I knew they were going for the stuff I wanted to go after. And I had a job offer in Nottingham, which if you know down there, it's just up the road. But I'm like, I can't accept this job offer because God's told me to go here. I'm like, I'm going to do the will of God. So I thought, of course he's going to give me a job. Six months of applying for jobs, nothing. I was doing my finals and all the rest of it, nothing, nothing, nothing. Graduate interviews, nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, and my dad is like, what are you doing, what are you doing? Because he's really proud that I made it to university and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And why haven't you taken a job? You know, you've got to, yeah, but I've got to do this. So in the end, I actually went home, all done, got my certificate, and I went home with no job and a, and a, a decent degree and all the rest of it and no job. And inside me, I'm like, this is terrible. I mean, I was going through agonies. But, but I've got to do the will of God. I've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is going through my head over and over again. So I'm like, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to move. So I moved all my stuff. My friend who lived in Chester had a room in his house. He said, you can move. The day after I moved all my stuff, I got offered the best paid job I'd applied for. That kind of put something in me, which was seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Even coming here to plant this church, it was a crazy time to move our two youngest children. They were both in the middle of exam seasons down south. They were going to have to change the education system and they were transitioning, not at a useful break point. They were both teenagers and God spoke to us to come to Glasgow, and we jolly well did it. Yeah. Bless their hearts. They had no choice. They came with us. And some of you know, you know, Kezi was singing this morning, and, and Luke and Claire moved back. Luke was part of that whole season of, of difficult transition for them. But we were seeking first the kingdom, knowing that he was going to meet all our other needs as well. You can ask them about their stories. It wasn't super easy, but from our point of view, we've just seen the favor of God on their lives and spiritual strength come into them as we stepped out, and Teresa has her own story of that. But do you see what I mean? That's doing kingdom first. Like there's, There was every reason not to move. There was every reason, every sensible reason under the sun, every bit of wisdom was don't do this, but God had spoken. And in that doing, it's a bit like that other point, in that doing you start to access things in God that you would have never accessed if you never did it. So he wants us to wholeheartedly pursue his things and his priorities and his passions, being fully convinced, this is where the faith bit comes in, we're believing that he's going to meet all these other needs. He's believing that he's going to, we're believing that he's going to look after all the stuff we are not pursuing as we spend our time pursuing the things that are of his king. And, and I think the other dimension that's come to me more recently of that is the kingdom of heaven is something that we need to pursue as our priority. So we were singing it 
this morning. It's not just pursuing his interests, it's also pursuing his presence. It's that we're believing that the kingdom of heaven is going to be more manifest on the earth. So we're seeking first the dynamics, the outpouring, the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. It's all its forms on the earth. And if you followed my train of thought, all these things fit together because the more we seek first the kingdom, the more his glory is going to be manifest. And in order to do it, we need increased intimacy. So actually, these three things all fit in, inside of me. They all fit together that we're going to see the earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as we all walk in increased intimacy and radical obedience, seeking first the kingdom of heaven. It's going to invade the earth. That's a good New Year's resolution. And, and in Joshua it says this, <coughs> it stands in front of the people of Israel and says, well, you can serve Baal and you can serve these guys, but as for me and my house, this is our decision. We get, he actually says this, choose who you will serve. Yeah. Choose who you will serve. This is the start of a new year. You get to choose. You're going to, you're going to serve convenience. You're going to serve ourselves. Are we going to serve our bosses? Are we going to serve our careers? Are we going to serve money? Are we going to serve family? Are we going to serve, or are we going to stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We get to choose. We get to choose every day. And, uh, it's a powerful choice, and it, those choices bring breakthroughs yeah. when we position our heart to go after him, to seek first his kingdom, then all these other things start to be added to us as well. It's going to be a great new year. It's going to be a great new year. It's going to be a great new year for you. And I want to invite you to join with me in just setting your heart and making your choice. Whatever's pressing in on you, whatever things you may feel you need, whatever demands are made on you by, I don't know, parents or bosses or debts or education or whatever, that actually, number one, I'm going to serve the Lord this year. And would you just, if you feel that's you, if you feel you can make that choice freely and under no pressure today, I'd love you just to stand and we're going to pray together. I just believe that we are being invited into a season of radical obedience. But in that season of radical obedience, we're going to see signs, wonders that we've never seen before. And we're going to know the pleasure of the Father and the intimacy of friendship with Him in a way that we've not experienced before. So Heavenly Father, we just stand before you as free people. Actually, we get to choose. We don't have to do this. But we choose to incline our hearts and our motivations, our decision-making processes, our priorities. We choose to serve you, Lord. We choose to seek first your heavenly kingdom. We want to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just speak again blessing and favor over every family, every life, every physical body that's in pain. We just speak health and healing. Every every emotional need, we just speak your supply, your tender care. Every finance need, we just speak new jobs, provision, breakthrough. 
God, we just believe inheritances are going to be released. We believe that things that have been locked up, finances are going to be unlocked to people. They're going to get tax rebates they didn't think they should get. They're going to get, they're going to get pay rises they didn't deserve. They're going to get all kinds of things coming their way, God, that, that you could, will release resources that mean that the kingdom of heaven is even better resourced. And Father, we just say we love you and we think you're incredible. Amen. Amen. Amen.